we rolling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's sound? How's sound? Beep. All right, guys. All right, one take. All right, mark it. All right, action. You like film? That's what they all say. Great movies. It's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies. Big, big movies. Big movies. It's floating pictures. It's so great. Hello everyone, welcome to Filming You In. I hope you're ready to be aggressive, be aggressive, because we're going to talk about the 2001 cheerleader heist film, Sugar and Spice. Yeah. I'm Juliet, and with me today making her Filming You In debut is Michelle. Hello. Hi Michelle. Hi. Welcome. Oh, well, yeah. Welcome to you, too. I assure you this is not vodcast, but there is still alcohol. Yeah. So, Michelle, did you see Sugar and Spice in theaters? Did not see this movie in theaters, but I've watched it repeatedly since. Yeah. Were you a cheerleader in high school? No. No, I was not. No. Did you have cheerleaders at your high school? We did. We did. I considered being a cheerleader just for the free trip to Florida, but I just wasn't that... So they were like competitive cheerleaders. Well, all schools did that. You all had your like trip to Universal Studios or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And you go on like the cheer competition. I don't know that ours did. I went to an all-girls school. So we didn't even have a football team. We had a, they cheered for the Uh, basketball team. See? Well, they cheered for the basketball team too. They cheered for most of the sports. Um, But we did have a football team that was awful. Yeah. We also had step squad. Yeah. Ooh. See, that's fancy. We didn't have that. We were from Baltimore. That's where step was invented. Exactly. This movie's great, though. <laughs> no, this movie's fun. This movie is something that made me want to rob a grocery store. Yeah, absolutely. No, I definitely... Grocery store bank. I definitely wanted to rob more than I wanted to be a cheerleader after watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie was directed by a Frances McDougal. She directed some short films and did a children's TV show called Imagination Movers, but nothing else... Of really note. I like her name though. Yeah. Well, it might be Frances McDougal. Like Frances McDougal. Like- Frances McDougal. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Some pretty popular uh, young actors of the time. Marley Shelton plays oh, yes. our protagonist slash pregnant catalyst. Yeah, Diane. She was, she was in Valentine that I watched the other night. Love her. Yes. Uh, she's had a pretty good career of films and television, um, but I would say her most notable and memorable role is Wendy Preferkorn. Of course, From she was like Sandlot. she was like a step either to the side or a little bit down of Heather Graham back then. Oh yeah, no, she she was the quintessential dream girl. Yeah. I think we would call her, but not in the the higher echelon movies. More in the like she's an indie she, darling. Yeah, I think she's cool. I think she's awesome. Yeah, I always liked her because um, she has that sweet like look at me. Her there. eyeballs are huge. But, yeah, but then she's also got that dark evil side yeah. to her. Yeah, she yeah she's pretty cool. Marla Sokoloff plays the antagonist and narrator Lisa. Mm-hmm. She's probably best known as Gia, uh, Stephanie's bad girl best friend. But really, we do know her. From whatever it takes, Duh. she was Maggie Carter Duh. in that movie. She was fantastic as Maggie Carter. Yeah, that was like kind of she was the like she was the best book friend. Nerd. Nerd. She was the book nerd best friend that was looking for substance over attractiveness. However, her and uh, her and Franco, James Franco. Oh ended yeah, up, yeah. In real life, oh did they? 
Yeah. I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. Okay. They were. I thought that's what you were talking about. They were an IRL couple. Other stars of the time, Mina Suvari from American Beauty and American Pie plays mm-hmm. Kansas, the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. And we'll kind of get into the other eight squad girls a little later. Um, but of course, we have to mention the perfect bone structure of Dum Dum James Marsden as Jack Bartlett. God, he's so perfect. Diane's baby daddy. And I love he plays that like dumb, attractive, yeah. you know middle america guy so yeah. well he kind of like this might have been his practice for the movie enchanted where he plays dumb right. prince charming exactly he's great he's always that like because he's got the doe eyes like yeah. shelton does he's he's the dream guy perfect guy right there. right the reviews were terrible it grossed 13 million about um and the budget was reportedly 27 million so oh, it was a, a bomb well, yeah it's like heather's was a bomb too but yeah Bomb became a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got like 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. People don't like it. Like, the people that like it really like it. Yeah, they don't realize it's a satire and it's um, funny. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's self-aware. Yeah. It's a pretty self-aware movie. Uh, we can get into some trivia that makes makes this whole thing make a little more sense later mm-hmm. in our show. Um, but before we get into the film focus, I do need to say this will contain spoilers for the movie Sugar and Spice. It came out in 2001 and it's free on Vudu, so if you haven't seen it, you should just pause this and go watch it. It's fantastic. It's free. Mm-hmm. You've like watched three ads, but then you can come back and listen. So again, for those that haven't seen it, this will contain spoilers for the movie bum, Sugar bum, and Spice. Bum. Without further ado, let's get into the film focus. Hey, hey, hocus pocus, it's the film focus. So the movie starts with an anti-narrator, Lisa, played by Marla Sokoloff. 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 Um, She's talking to a bunch of detectives about these crappy A-Squad cheerleaders that she totally hates. And that's kind of how we're introduced to this main cast. I love Lisa. She is bitter and jealous and snarky. Mm -hmm. She always always wanted to be one of the cheerleaders and she never made it. So because of that, she's got a little extra snark and vindictiveness in her to him. Right, and she's talking about this, like, A-squad and this bank robbery, and she's like, can we be on court TV? So she, clearly she's trying to, like, get some attention. We find out that Lisa is is newly revamped. She, I believe, said had a little work done over the summer. A little work done, including a nose job. Nose job, her boobs, mm-hmm. lost some weight. Yeah. So she was ready to join the A-squad, and it just did not work out. Yeah. So she's always uh, on Diane's tail, but... Her, her excuse for it was, you have to spread out the talent. So she got to be the captain of the B-Squad. Uh, I Lisa's, love that. Yeah, Lisa's full of, like, one-liners. She's mm-hmm. pretty great. So one by one, we're introduced to the girls. We get to meet Marley Shelton, who plays Diane, and Mina Suvari, who plays Kansas. It's yeah. so perfect. That's why I love <laughs> the cliches of each one of these characters. Yeah. Uh, and Melissa George plays the sex and Conan-obsessed Cleo, I believe it is. Yeah, she's yeah. my fave. Yes. You know her from the Ryan Reynolds Amityville Horror. She was blonde in that movie. She was. But uh, she's had a pretty good career. She's been blonde in most of her movies. I think she's blonde. Yeah. I think they, they had to like make her kind of sexy minx mm-hmm. in this. Um, but yeah, she's obsessed with Conan O'Brien. Um, yeah. Understandably so. Yeah. Uh, there's also Rachel Blanchard who you might know from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or Clueless. Or the Clueless TV show. Mm -hmm. Uh, She plays the virginal Hannah. 
And psych. She was a big position in oh, psych, too. Okay. I remember watching that late at oh, night yeah, yeah, in hotel yeah. rooms. <laughs> yeah. No, she had a pretty big, like, TV yeah, career. Her movie sure. career kind of fell fell mm-hmm. short. but She just looked too similar to other women, I think, was the problem that were very popular yeah. back then. Like Cher, Alicia yeah. Silverstone. She looked very similar to her. Yeah. She was great in this, though. I think it's also she was kind of a meteor girl. Mm-hmm. Like... She's kind of like a big girl. Like, she's not fat. No, she's, she's just she's tall. She's always tall and muscular. Mm-hmm. So I think this was the perfect role for her. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a girl, Sarah Marsh, who played the uppity, brainy Lucy, mm-hmm. um, who really didn't do much else. This was her yeah. first movie. Um, and she's done, like, a TV show that I've never heard of and a couple short films. Yeah. But this was, like, her kind of, this was her role. So we get to meet these girls. They all go to Lincoln High School. Of course. Uh, their mascot is the Lincoln. They have um, to be weird about it. That's what I love. Yeah. Diane also with great one-liners and motivational sayings. Oh, yeah. Her, what she would tell herself in the mirror every day oh, yeah. as she was pregnant. <laughs> like, that was fantastic. Her little affirmations were that. fantastic. Yeah, her affirmations in the morning, like, that was actually, it kind of set the tone of, like, where Diane was mm-hmm. every single time she would wake up. Yeah. Because, well, like, she progressively I, got angrier. She did. But I oh, the thing I love about the dynamic of this movie is that you have this girl who's just so bubbly and over the top. Everything's positive, no matter how shitty things are. Mm-hmm. Then she finds a dude that's mm-hmm. basically the same, and then they end up accidentally procreating. And then she's getting the assistance from all of these people who kind of touch on every little cliche yeah. in between. Yeah, it's great. it's great, and it's like it's she has this perfect life. Everything's been perfect. Everything's always worked out for her. So as things are not working out for her, she's still trying to keep upbeat and positive. But mm-hmm. it's hard, and this the daily affirmations are a way to kind of tell that story, and yeah. it's it's awesome. It's great. We also we skipped over. The fact that these girls spend a lot of time together and they're completely synced up. Completely synced up, periods included. Yes. So they have their own stalls in the bathroom and they all just like share tampons. Because that's what legitimately happens when you get that close with a bunch of girls. Yes. You guys do cycle up. Yeah. Here's where we find out that um, B-Squad kind of hates them. Mm-hmm. though they hate this a squad um and lisa knows all of the rules and regulations and all, like almost like does lisa deserve to be on the a squad uh, I mean, maybe i think that she does as far as knowing all of the rules but mm-hmm. is she snotty in a not nice way like at least these girls are snotty that's in a true. fun way that's true she's snotty in the the girl in class that wrote the best paper and is going to Brown and she wants everybody to know about it. Like, she's that right. girl. Right. I will say we never saw the cheerleaders be mean to other people. But they still talk to people. Marla Sokoloff is really mean. She is. Yeah. It's time for the pep rally. Uh-oh. The homecoming pep rally yep. where we're going to meet this new star quarterback that just came to their school. Okay. Is there a pep rally for a new star quarterback? Usually, no, we never had that. And considering I went to school in Texas, right. it is very like right. big on football. Do, have people like do you draft high school players? Uh, a lot of high schools do, but mine did not. If you applied, you were instantly right. on the football team. That just determined what team you were on if you were on the A string or B string. Got it. But there's so not I think like... that's kind of what they're doing at their school. It's like, oh, you can be a cheerleader. But if you're not good, you're on B. If you're great, right. you're on A. But I mean, like this whole football thing, because it's all based on this guy is going to be. Like, our new star quarterback, like, mm-hmm. wait, did you guys already have, tri- like, do they have tryouts in the summertime? Some schools do, yes. Oh. They do. See, I or miss Or if out they transfer, because some schools, what they do is they go to, like, if, when you're really into football, they'll mm-hmm. take their kid out of the school they're currently in that doesn't have a good team, and they'll move to a district that does have a good team. Because Got that it. way, that quarterback is going to get more recognition if the team is winning okay. as opposed to whatever. So then that can carry him into college and blah, 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 and live Got that it. football Got dream. It. Got but it. our school, 
no. Like, we, if we were doing well, like, the quarterback would go on stage and be like, blub, 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 blub. But that was it. Got like, it. we didn't make that big of a deal about yeah. it. I believe this is when Lisa says the line, um, it was like the whole school was on the rag and Jack Bartlett was a piece of chocolate. <sighs> Diane and Jack, they're adorable. Head cheerleader and star quarterback. Right. That's and why they're Jack and ridiculously Diane. Ridiculously good looking. How is this only 23% on Rotten Tomatoes or 28? Yeah. So I don't know. Bad. I don't know. People don't just don't get it. They we're, don't we're get it. We're a lot it. smarter than other people. So there's that. Um, but of course, Diane is obsessed, as everyone else is, for Jack mm-hmm. Bartlett and consults who we all consult in high school when we love a boy, the, mm-hmm. the Ouija board. Yeah. Jack Bartlett. That's what I did. Yeah. So she consults her Ouija board by saying his name three times. Uh, Kansas, of course, made up the rule that because Hannah's a virgin, Christian virgin, she's the only one that can touch the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also where we learn that Hannah might not be a virgin anymore. Bum, bum, bum. Because she was riding horses at church camp and had her first O. <laughs> but do you still consider that a version? Hannah does. But, yeah, we also learn a little bit more about Cleo. I want to call her Chloe. It's Cleo. Okay. So we find out more about Conan and that Lucy wants to go to Harvard. It's just it basically the scene is an excuse to learn more about all of our girls. And what all of their aspirations are. Yes. Um, but I wanted to talk about here because I just noticed this for the first time on rewatching it. Mm-hmm that all of the girls have their own color. So most of the time they're all wearing their cheerleading uniforms, but in the rare scenes where they're not wearing their cheerleading uniforms or their Betty costumes, they all are wearing this one color and it's very obvious that that's their color. So Diane is pink, Lisa is green, uh, Lucy is white, the nerd. Um, Cleo is black? No, Kansas is black. Cleo is red and um, Hannah is purple. And then a little later we make Fern, we meet Fern, and Fern is all in gray. And that's their colors. And if you watch the movie again, every single time you see them, and they're not in their cheerleading uniforms, that's what they're wearing. Yeah, it's true. I just got the, I got the red and black mixed up in my head. But I remember thinking that. But yeah, they're all in these different, in their their colors, or their rooms are that color. Like, there's a scene, um, even with Lisa, is getting her, her pedicure, and she's in a smock. She still has a green bow in her hair. And it's like that kind of drab yeah. olive green. That's her yeah. color. So after after our Ouija board scene, Jack's speech, most romantic thing I've ever seen in my life. He's so sweet. Yeah, I think he was like, I want to bring us to a championship. I want to do mm-hmm. this. And I want to take Diane Weston to the homecoming dance. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my God. And the crowd goes wild. And he said it in front of everybody. So now everybody knows. Lisa's so pissed. Of course. So is every other woman in there. So, no, they were all like, oh, my God, they're so perfect together. But Lisa's the only one that's no. like, she's the mean girl. Then it's homecoming. And Diane reveals to Jack that she's pregnant. <gasps> and they're so excited. So and excited. they're going to get married. And everything's going to be great. So they go down and they tell their parents. Their parents are obviously super happy. they're going to get married. They're so excited that, like, perfect boy and girl are getting married. But then they said, and we're pregnant. And then they disown both of them. Yeah. So they're stuck in the GTO looking beautiful in their homecoming clothes, talking about, you know, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess let's just go to homecoming. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you find out you're pregnant and you're disowned. I still can't believe they disowned him, though. You know, it's like, okay, well, we're doing we're doing the thing mm-hmm. that was, like, quote-unquote, right at the time. Where it's like, I'm going to make an, her an honest woman. Right, I'm we're gonna getting marry married. Her. 
Right. We're still the all-American couple. We're right. just going to have a kid a little right. bit too early, which technically that is the American dream these days. Right. You you get married, you have a baby. Yeah. That's so, like, it. technically they're 16, 17 years old. They're having a yeah. kid. So that'll be super easy. But guess, that way the grandparents can actually be alive for all of the milestones. Right. They should be stoked. Right. Assholes. But I don't know. They, they weren't happy about it. No. So uh, Diane and her friends are in the bathroom, and Diane doesn't need a tampon. And you know what that means. Stress or baby. But yeah, her friends are supportive. Um, Kansas was all about like, well, we can get an abortion. Hannah was all like, absolutely not. Yeah. So Jack and Diane move into a crappy apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they try to get a loan. And it's it's funny because they don't know anything. No, of course not. <laughs> and Diane is so They're used to just getting what she wants by either being cute or by saying, no, here's the thing. I'm going to do it. Mm. And she actually tells the loan officer that, what if I pinky promised to, to pay on time? Like, I every love time. that. Still no. This is how the world works. That pinky promise scene, though, I love. <laughs> so good. Because you think about that a lot when, like... You see these types of movies, they always show this like outlandish way of them landing right. these things. Right. And then you actually show it from this point where they're yeah. just in their lackadaisical world of like, blah, blah, blah. She's like, but wait, no, this I, I said no. I would pay all the time. I t- told like, what? you, I promised you. Right. And the woman has to be the harsh woman. Right. It's like, no, dude, that's not reality. It's great. So, so then Jack tries to be a good dad by getting a job, but Jack is a complete idiot. Finer um, detail. Still cute. Still very cute. So he tries to get a job at, he gets a job at a Mexican restaurant and fails miserably because he has so much fun saying the words that the line builds up around the corner because it takes him too long to retell everyone their order back. Uh, and then he screws up on the math and charges them like 35 cents for 10 different things. Well, at least he smelled delicious when right. he came home. God, he's so cute. <laughs> and then he like worked at a chicken place and talked about frying rats. So he got fired for that. Um, but then he goes to the video store and the two nerds from AV Club yes. are there. And he's like, look, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know anything about movies. And I'll definitely screw up your cash register. And they're like, you're super hired. So Jack finally gets a job with the nerds. Um, but they're kind of running low on funds. Uh, they go grocery shopping. Um, her ice cream habit is getting to be her, very expensive. She eats ice cream a lot in this movie. So like, much. I could probably count six different times she has ice cream. When you look at the type of ice cream that she's eating, it's not the cheap store brand mm-hmm. either. Like, she's going full in for that Ben & Jerry's, which oh, yeah. even at that time, that's still like three yeah. fifty a pint. Or like stopping in the middle of a game to go get a cone. Like, those yeah. cones are overpriced. Exactly. So if you guys are really hurting for money, homegirl, like, maybe like, reevaluate. Back it up. Anyway. Anyway. anyway, so while they're at the grocery store and Jack is acting like a child, um, Diane spots that there's a help wanted sign at the grocery store bank. So she decides, Jack's not making that much money. It's time for me to get a job, too, to be able to afford our grocery bill. She's home with her friends watching Point Break, talking about her money woes uh, when she movie. realizes, yeah, it's a great. We're going to do that on the show if you would like to join us. But, yes, yeah, so they're watching Point Break, and she comes up with the idea that we could rob the bank that I work for. I know that thing like the back of my hand. I can open that safe with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Let's rob this bank. And the rest of the girls are pretty much in. So they decide that they're going to pick movies. They're each going to pick a movie and study the movie to become the best bank robber that they can and get some ideas. So Diane's watching Point Break. She gets the idea that we all need to wear masks um, or some kind of disguise. 
uh, Cleo's watching Reservoir Dogs. They all have these like great nicknames, like that's Mr. Pink and Mr. Orange. Another reason why I love her is because yes. that's where she goes with this. Yes. Um, Lucy watches Heat and does a full report on the movie. I was double never a spaced. big fan of Heat. Yeah, double spaced and everything, and then concludes that there's nothing from Heat that we can use. Um, uh, Kansas watches Dog Day Afternoon. That's always fun. Um, which, Easter egg on that, they used flower boxes to hide their guns, guns in that movie, and then they used it in mm-hmm. Sugar and Spice as well. So they never mention it, but, but they did get it. That, they did use that information. That information. Uh, and Hannah, of course, watches the fucking apple dumping gang, as Kansas calls it. The fucking apple dumpling gang. Yes, which I've never seen. Apple dumpling gang? Yeah, yeah. me neither. Um, but they get this great idea to go see Kansas's mom um, because Kansas's mom is in prison for killing Kansas's dad mm-hmm. uh, while she was in 32 hours of labor because he was Love. boning one of the nurses. Love. Here's something that I realized on this second viewing of this that I had the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, they cut that scene. What? Remember the like that like silhouette? That silhouette of him boning the nurse and then her picking up a shotgun and shooting him? I vaguely remember that. I clearly remember seeing the silhouetted shot of the mom in labor. She cocks the gun and shoots him. They cut that from the new one. There's another line I remember that they cut. So I'm guessing back in 2001 or whenever I first saw this movie... All of these things were in there, and now when they're reproducing it, they've cut some, like, controversial things, which I don't think it's that controversial. I don't think it's that. I think it's more like you're watching it on Vudu, which is something like TNT or USA, where they have to cut for content and cut for time. Maybe, but why cut that? There's a lot more inappropriate things that happen in a lot more movies. So they go to visit Kansas' mom, played by Sean Young, who was Lois Einhorn in Ace Ventura. Love it. Which I did not know mm-hmm. until I researched this a little bit. Um, so she goes to visit her, gets some real advice, and the girls do point out, well, your mom's a murderer, not a bank robber. But okay, we'll talk to her. Yeah. Um, so her mom says, well, talk to one of my friends because she yeah. actually did rob banks. So they make friends and then decide that we're just all going to go back to visit our favorite aunts and once they a just week. Pay via cigarettes. Yeah, and that, so they just keep visiting these women and learning new things. They learn that, you know, they need to get guns. Mm-hmm. Itchy sends them to the Terminator I love to get itchy. some guns. Yeah. So they get guns from the Terminator. He is an exterminator that also sells these, like, dirty guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have any money. So? Uh, yeah, so he says, well, look, my little girl always wanted to be a cheerleader, so if you will bring her on board, mm-hmm. then yeah. But the A-Squad's like, oh, hell no, cheerleading is really hard. We're not just going to bring her... We'll figure it out ourselves. Let's practice. So they do a practice heist, and they rob their lunch lady. Mm-hmm. Um, so they trick the lunch lady into leaving her money, um, and then they find out that it was only $200 for the entire week. Okay. So they do this fake heist and determine that it's not going to work. So they're like, we need the guns. Mm-hmm. Let's just go. So they go back, and they bring on Fern. Can we talk about how Fern was a name back then that just meant the ugly girl in school? It did. Fern Mayo. Yeah. So Fern, close together. Fern was that awkward girl that gets a makeover. Yeah, because she is. Happened twice. 
green foliage that blossoms into some sort of beautiful flower. Exactly. And so Alexandra Holden played Fern. They got her on the A squad. Mm -hmm. They try to teach her cheer. She's not so good. They try one more time and she's good because this movie's only 73 minutes long and they're Mm -hmm. like, let's just do it. Fine. That's what happens. Um, So now she's on the top of the pyramid at their winter winter pep rally. Winter sports pep rally. Did you have a winter sports pep rally? Not called winter sports pep rally, but winter sports is basically football. Okay. So I don't know why that would be yeah, any different. That's weird because isn't homecoming would be your winter right. sports pep rally. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. I Do mean, winter sports don't really change unless you are in a place that's northern and like maybe you have specific like. Would oh, it always be winter? We're we're doing ice hockey. <laughs> we're doing this. I don't know. Like maybe they have specialty sports for the winter, but we never did that. Yeah, it's a good pep rally though. Pep rallies in general are weird, though. I never had them. Like, you're forcing somebody to be happy about something that they're not happy about. I never had them. This is... Okay, back to my idea of... Stop crying, Juliet. It looks bad on you. Me going back to high school for, like, a week or two. (laughs) And just experiencing what high school is like Uh for real people. I want to do a Never Been Kissed. Oh, my God. Yeah. You could totally pull off the Drew Barrymore of 2020. Yeah, and I'd be like, dudes. Yeah. You can be a quote-unquote journalist, <laughs> and you're just going back to investigate your story. I am a quote-unquote journalist. But that's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's up for debate here. It's uh, just semantics. <laughs> uh, it's, it's worth mentioning that mm-hmm. Lisa is still narrating all this. This is still yeah. all Lisa telling a story to the detectives that are investigating this robbery. Which I love that she knows all these details, She's as they always the details. do in these movies back then. Um... They're about to do the heist. Kansas's mom sends them a care package, and it's these Betty Doll masks. Bum, bum, bum. Um, Betty Doll is their version of Barbie, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, yeah. She's got the Licensing right. 60s hair. Yeah. Um, just the cute little kind of Stepfordy, because they are kind of the Stepford cheerleaders. They all have their own personality, and they're all perfect uh, in their own way. I wouldn't go for Stepford cheerleaders. I mean, they're not Diane is. Diane is Stepfordy. It's okay. not the brainwash part of it. It's the like perfection part yeah. of it. And, like that's definitely what Diane was. Yeah. So the Betty dolls are kind of that, and they they hand out their Betty doll masks. But Lucy drops out, uh, and so Fern takes her place. And the heist. And that's how we get Fern into the place that she's in. Yeah. Now it's Christmas, and Jack gives Diane an engagement ring without a stone. This is one of my favorite gift exchanges in the movie, by the way. Because I still brought this up to you, like, two years (laughs) ago when I was first dating Justin. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to try to get him this, and then he's going to give me this. And, oh, my God, we're just, like, sacrificing the wrong things. Yeah, so she, so he gives her an engagement ring without the stone and says, "I'll oh, hopefully I can make enough money to put a stone in it next year," mm-hmm. which I think is the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life. Until, until she said, "Well, I got you this," and it's like a gift certificate to get a paint job on his car. He's like, "Oh, I sold, sold the, car the car to get you the ring," and you're like, "You sold a car when I'm having babies." Oh, also we forgot to mention. She's having twins. She's having twins. Because they thought about backing out of the whole heist thing and then found out they were having twins and her friend's like, fuck this. We're Mm -hmm. doing it. We're getting those babies alive. So they're having twins. And so like on one hand, it's super cute and romantic. He sold his car. So wait, now you don't have a car and you're about to have two babies, you idiot. Well, what I also think about 
is funny in that is like knowing the cost of an engagement ring, like a very simple engagement <laughs> ring is maybe like, let's say 3,000 tops. Let's say you're going for the higher tier for high school students. Yeah. You are driving a GTO that is really nice. Like that's yeah. a classic fucking car in 2001. Fine. Yeah. It's completely up to date <laughs> on everything. Like you would be very, very it would be very easy to sell that for like yeah. a good nine, ten thousand dollars. So who the fuck did you sell it right. to for a setting? <laughs> but again, not even an entire ring. It's Jack. He's but an it's idiot. Jack, and that's He's why it's so idiot. cute. Because then this is what I like about this part is because you see that dynamic a little bit of where they're both doughy eyed and just so in love, and we're starting a life together. You finally see Marley just like, dude, or Diane. You finally see Diane like, no. What did you what? do? But, love but is like, not going say, to conquer. But still say, that's so sweet. I love you. Yay. And then be like, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> and I love that, that. I love that dynamic. I love how you see that shift of seeing her from being this completely oblivious, peppy girl to, holy shit, this is not going this to work. We need to figure okay. something out. Yeah. yeah. So now they need, they need a getaway vehicle. So mm-hmm. she calls her friends and she's like, he sold our fucking car. We need a getaway vehicle. Um, but I also love that the getaway vehicle for all of these cheerleaders was going to be this itty little car. Yeah. Like, can you imagine trying right. to, like, rush into that two-door car? I know. <laughs> after just committing robbery? Again, we've learned these aren't the sharpest tools in the shed. I know. I love it, though. It's great. Um, so they get a van. Uh, they go to pick up Kansas. Uh, but we find out that the van doesn't have brakes, so Kansas just has to run down and jump in. Um, so they're in the bug mobile from the Terminator. Yeah. Uh, and they, they slide on in. Exterminator. So. Can you stop calling him the but Terminator? But he's the Terminator. They call him the Terminator. I know. It's That's just his so code weird. name. It is, but it's just so weird. <laughs> I keep, Weirdly my mind enough, goes to another movie. the guy that plays the Exterminator Terminator was in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So a little fun fact for you. Oh. Yeah. I love fun facts. That's why I'm here. Okay. Um, so they're, they, they slide on in. Um, get out of the car. Another they they actually really nail the slow mo exits the slow mo around the corners. Very red support do. dogs. All of their walks around. So it's time for the heist. They they jump out of the vehicle in their Betty doll outfits and mm. their masks, holding their flower boxes. Yes. They run to the back door, and Hannah, because she's a land beast, rips the doorknob off. Well, I think one important thing that we missed here mm-hmm. when describing the scenes is that they didn't get real guns. Right. They got, well, they got real guns. They, they got just parts. Parts of guns that they had to put together. They were Ikea'd. Yes. So basically, the exterminator, when he made this deal of, like, you put my daughter on the squad, you get this. Get these guns for free. Yeah. It was just a bunch of pieces. <laughs> and they took it back to wherever they had gone Kansas's that night house. for their sleepover. Yeah. yeah. And they just went through it like, holy shit. And so, of course, you're thinking a bunch of teenage cheerleaders right. putting together guns. There's bound to be something that goes wrong. <laughs> Right. They went to Kansas's grandmother's house because that's who she lives with her grandparents. And she said, oh, my grandparents get back from dinner at 4.30, so we have to hurry. I love that when her, like, Kansas, they're all in the basement. Yeah. And then Kansas's grandmother opens the door and's like, (laughs) where's my smoke? What are you doing? Are you guys practicing kissing on your hands? Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, grandma. (laughs) Um, Hannah breaks the doorknob, and so they're yelling at her behind because she's a beast, and now they have to go in the front. And then Lucy comes around the corner. 
dressed like Richard Nixon because she's had a change of heart and said, no, I've got to be here for you. So in an homage to Point Break, she is Richard Nixon in Which a full I love. tuxedo. Or it's a suit. so good. It's she's adorable. In a suit. And she's, she's so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got her giant nose. Yes. Richard Nixon. So it's the another slow motion walk into mm-hmm. the store. Uh, you got the like peppy uh, like grocery store music playing as the girls come out, unwrap their packages and pull out their AK-47s. Right. Uh, telling everyone to get to the ground. Lisa happens to be at the bank at the time. I thought she was at the grocery store. No, she was in line at the bank. Ah, okay. So... She's one of those people that had to get down to the ground, and she watches as these girls try to black out a security camera by doing a little stunt. They're sloppy criminals. They are. I think is the is the thing. Diane at one point pukes in a bucket and just leaves it, so like there's her DNA. Mm-hmm. They you know do some cheerleading moves, black out the cameras, don't actually kill the guy, um, and they 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 get out. They mm-hmm. get away. They do. Um, which is weird because I don't think they have a getaway driver. No, they were all together. They were all together. So they just had the car packed parked car was, in the back. Yeah, so the car was parked out there. The exterminator van, which mm-hmm. had the exterminator stuff on it, they're literally the sloppiest criminals. Sloppiest, ever. however, however, they they get away with it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They go back to Kansas's house, incinerate their clothes, wash, and hang their money. Because that's how they thought money laundering happened, from my oh memory. Oh my god, I never even thought about that. Yeah. They don't say it. But that's, I mean, I would that's think hilarious. that that's why they're washing it. <laughs> I was like, maybe they're trying to get fingerprints off, but that's not how that works. Because there's so many fingerprints on money, it's I, filthy. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I don't know if, oh my god. <laughs> if this movie really touched into like ink or anything they else like that it. on the money. So they never mentioned it. I just that's why I thought we were again. just going with the spaciness that's of it. That's hilarious. <laughs> I never even thought about that. A squad gets popped. Yeah. And Lisa's the key witness. So she's giving her testimony about these girls and how obviously they did it. Yeah. The girls are in jail, kind of being held during this whole testimony. Um, and then we find out at the end of her testimony that she was just telling the story because it's part of their alibi. So Diane's one phone call was to Lisa to tell her, hey, look, I'll make a deal with you. If you're our alibi, you could be a squad captain because I'm not going to be able to be captain anymore. And you know and all the everything rules. is high school. So that's high all school. that's important. And Lisa said absolutely, and did the entire the entire seventy three minute movie was an yeah, alibi <laughs> for these girls who mm-hmm. obviously did it. She said all the evidence points to them, which is why I have to come through and say it wasn't them. They were waiting in my suburban mm-hmm. for me. So we have our amazing cliche end credit epilogue. We find out that Kansas uh, became a lawyer, got her mother out of jail because no woman should uh, that's in labor for 32 hours can be held responsible for her actions. Agreed, though. Absolutely I mean, I was thinking agreed. that the entire time <laughs> during the movie. Hannah owns a horse farm. Of course. For Christian girls. Because. Clearly. Yeah. Um, Lucy graduated from Harvard and invented a pizza box. I don't know if that was like a joke that they cut. But yeah. um, Diane and Jack are married. They, he becomes a senator. politician. He becomes a senator because he can't lie, so he's going to be such a good senator. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chloe, of course, marries Conan. Yeah, and they shop does. for leather furniture at Soho. 
And that's Sugar and Spice. Yeah. So I think we should rate this movie. Um, one out of five, how many pom-poms do you give this movie? Out of all the cheerleader movies I have watched, this is definitely a five pom-pom movie for me. Mm. I feel like it, it touches on all of that. It touches on the cliches. It touches on hypocrisy. It touches on hilarity. Like, there's just... There's okay. so many different things going on in this. It's my favorite. Wow. So this is like the number one. As far five. as cheerleader movies go for but me. But how about movies in general? Movies in general. Three and a half, four. Three and a half, four pom-poms. Yeah. Okay. I give it three pom-poms. Okay. Um, I give it those for like, I like the color. I like mm-hmm. the, the fact that it's a very self-aware movie. And it's just fun. Copy that. That was our film focus. Film focus. How do you, how do you, how do you feel about your first film focus? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It feels weird. Though, let's get into my favorite part, the hidden gems, as we call them. Okay. So let's get into some hidden gems. Cheerleaders kick! All right, my first gem is the Betty names that each of these girls had. Mm-hmm. So Diane was Mood Swing Betty. Kansas was White Trash Betty. Cleo was Stalker Betty. Hannah was Virgin Betty with optional horse and saddle. Fern was Terminator Betty. And Lucy was Richard Nixon. Love it. <laughs> uh, what Betty would you be? Oh, I would totally be Chloe. No, I mean like Michelle. Oh, I would still be Stalker Betty. I feel like I'd <laughs> still be like, come on, man. It's been my jam lately. I feel like you'd be Snarky Betty. Okay, I yeah. can see that. <laughs> I don't know. What Betty would I be? I'd be like... I'd say boss bitch Betty. Yeah, I'd be bossy Betty. Yeah. Bossy Betty. But, like, no, I don't like bossy because that, that infers that, like, you boss people I'm around. I'm pretty bossy. But I like boss bitch better because yeah. it's more, like, in charge. Yeah. So we have snarky Betty and boss bitch Betty. Yeah. That's basically us. Okay. Cheerleaders kick! The obsession with Conan. Um, so. Love. Cleo is obsessed with Conan, obviously. She's got a little Conan picture on her butt. She is talking to the school shrink about mm-hmm. Conan. That's how I felt about Frasier back when this movie yeah, was around. Is, so so is Kelsey Grammer your Conan? He was, did yeah. Did you ever have, you, did, so you, that, if you had like this weird man you're obsessed with that doesn't make any sense in high school, that's who it is? Yeah. Okay. And I loved Kelsey. Yeah. Because he was just such an asshole. Yeah. Like he just... <laughs> He was not a really great guy, but he was good, quote unquote, at yeah. psychology. Yes. And he's doing basically what we're doing right now. He right. was doing a radio he show. He podcasting. He was a radio mm. show dude. Poor Roz, like, <laughs> suffered throughout all of that because they could have been in love together. But right. no. Cheerleaders kick! Another gem. The crude artwork in this movie. Uh, if you notice in the um, Shrink's office, there is, because they go to high, Lincoln High School, there is about 20 different portraits, like painted, just really poorly painted portraits of Lincoln all over his room um, that are obviously just done by different students. Uh, and then when you're in Kansas' Slash basement... PAs. Yeah. Then when you're in Kansas's basement, uh, there are five crudely drawn pictures of women. It's just their faces. It's really, like, doesn't make any sense. And then you look at it a little closely, you're like, oh, my God, that's their self-portraits. Cleo has the red, and Kansas has the black, and Diane's is pink. It's these crudely drawn art. Yeah, they're the little Easter eggs. It's great. I know. I love it. Such a good gem. Cheerleaders kick! Uh, next gem. It's a bit of a flaw. 
They perform the heist the day after Christmas. That's a very specific plot point in there. Yeah. But Jack and Diane don't even meet until school is started. Diane's already seven months pregnant at the heist, which means they met in like August, September, and she magically got seven months pregnant by the day after Christmas. So it's a flaw, but this is a snarky, funny movie, so it's okay. Cheerleaders kick! Uh, Lisa rents a couple movies when she goes to the video store. She rents Lolita, Mm -hmm. Nine and a Half Weeks, and Wild Things. Nine and a Half Weeks has been a running joke in 90s movies since it came out. Well, the three things that those movies have in common are the, like, softcore, horny sex scenes. So I'm Mm -hmm. guessing that that's just Lisa just having a nice Saturday by herself. Absolutely. I mean, Mickey Rourke in Nine and a Half Weeks, that's pretty... I mean, Wild Things... I got really sick of Denise Richards after a while. So for that, that's, like, I'm done. Cheerleaders kick! Uh, And my final gem is that when they're in their Betty gear, their Mm -hmm. Betty getup, they're all wearing pregnancy bellies. And I thought that was funny because they didn't even make it a plot point. They did it to help um, and that was actually, their friend. And it was kind of a smart thing to do. It was the only smart thing they did as criminals. Uh, the other thing is just to show that camaraderie because we're all in this together. And that's, and that's kind of the best part about this movie mm-hmm. as far as if you are going to show it to a teenager is how supportive these girls are. Like, we're all in this together. Yeah. We're the musketeers. And... I loved that. Yeah, I, I, did, I did notice that the first time, and I thought it was awesome because they're all coming together to make sure that she doesn't get caught. And that was the biggest thing yep. because none of this would have come into play had she not gotten pregnant. It was all And for all of her. these women are willing to throw away their yep. life, even Richard Nixon, towards the end that comes back in. I was like, I'm so fucking sorry. I'm mm-hmm. coming in. I'm going to dress as Richard Nixon. We're going to do like, this. I don't care. It's like, whatever, I'm here for you. Right. And I think that's a great lesson in friendship for somebody yeah. of that age. I mean, obviously, we're adults now. We're a bit bitter, and we realize that those kinds of things don't work. Right. But you know, for the time period and for the time it came out, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, and I I absolutely, completely agree with you on that. It's as silly as this movie is, it has that that inspiration of, you know what, sometimes it's kind of cool to be friends. This is the first movie that doesn't just show the mean girls, the ones you would call mean, Mm -hmm. as mean. The girls you would assume were mean were actually really nice and really awesome and super supportive. And maybe that's why I gravitate towards it a little bit more. That's the important thing, is to really realize who the mean girl of this movie is. Cheerleaders kick! Those were our gems. This actually was fun for me because I had to search for these gems because right. it got such bad reviews and really not, no one talks about this movie. I couldn't even find a podcast that was about this movie to listen to and see, so like, weird. what do it's people great. think of it? Um, but people don't write about it because there were so many other cult classic girl movies then, like Jawbreaker and um, Drop Dead Gorgeous and all of those other movies that got more attention that this one kind of, Fell by the wayside. Well, that's the thing. Those ones got more attention because they were anti-popular. Mm-hmm. The thing that I love about this movie is that even though it comes from the vein of popular, it's still anti-popular. Right. It just doesn't seem like it on the surface because right. the cover is a bunch of cheerleaders. It's not mm-hmm. a bunch of girls looking down and off to the side right. that look like they belong in a cover. That's the thing. Late 90s, early 2000s was, I think, the peak of the teen angst female driven absolutely like, that craft, needs to come back drop dead gorgeous yep. like you said before let's get into some <clears throat> trivia though how do you like that trivia 
Well, Sugar and Spice was loosely based on the 1999 series of robberies perpetrated by four teenage girls in Houston, Texas. It's always Texas. Always Texas. Dallas Five. Did you know that? No, I didn't. No, this is based on a true story. They robbed four grocery stores and a bakery. The girls called themselves the queen of armed robbery and bought drugs and body piercings with their money. So nobody, nobody was pregnant. No one was a cheerleader, but kind of amazing. Did they all get caught though? Is my Super caught. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. why there's a movie about them. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't uh, know if it's an assumption based off of eyewitnesses. <laughs> Lona Williams, the writer, had her name removed from the movie. Why? She had her name removed when the producers tamed the movie. They took out all the dark oh, parts of the okay. movie after Columbine. Because yeah. they didn't want to be associated with violence. This was actually originally a murder heist movie. Lona Williams also dropped dead gorgeous. So Sugar and Spice was probably going to be a hit, an amazing yeah. movie. But they took out everything cool yeah. about it. And so she was like, I'm not doing this anymore, and okay. took her name off. She's still listed as an executive producer, though. Honestly, it probably would have made more money if they just left it in. Agreed. But their decision, not our money. Writer Lona Williams actually based Chloe's obsession with Conan O'Brien on herself. She was a producer's assistant on The Simpsons and became obsessed with Conan O'Brien. Um, but I get it. But I get the obsession for sure. Yeah, so she based this character on herself. I mean, that's why she's my favorite character uh, out of all yeah. of them. Yeah, and it's the most real out of all the characters. That's why. Um, and Conan was totally happy to be a part of it wow. when they told him about it. University of Minnesota dance team and cheerleaders, as well as the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders, played the B Squad. Uh, <laughs> so remember the winter pep rally, and uh, they're fucking fantastic, and they're all nailing this amazing routine together. It's because they're actual, legitimate, paid professional cheerleaders. Yeah. Three of the lead women in this movie were bit characters were guest stars on the TV show Friends. Marla Sokoloff played Joey's little sister Dina, who was a pregnant teen. I just figured she and, did, because she was in everything in the yeah, 90s. and so he brought her in to talk to Rachel, who had just gotten pregnant, hoping that Rachel would tell her how to be better mom. Um, Melissa George, uh, she played the nanny. She was the lesbian nanny that okay. everybody had a crush on because she was so hot, but then we found out she was a lesbian. Makes sense. And the most well-known, Alexandra Holden, who plays Fern in this movie, was Ross's girlfriend from college, Elizabeth. He was a professor, she was a student, and then Rachel started dating Elizabeth's dad, who was played by Bruce Willis. Okay. So we've got three stars from this movie. We're all in the series Friends. Who wasn't in the hit series Friends back then? Well, apparently Marley Shelton and Mina Suvari. I was really disappointed. Uh, and my, my last bit of trivia for you is that Dustin Hoffman's son plays Ted, one of the video store clerks that are James Marston's buddies. Oh, one of the AV yeah, guys. One of the AV guys. Look at that. Uh, kind of cool. Kind of cool, <laughs> as they say. Well, that's it for our trivia. I hope you that's learned a lot. I actually did. Good. Well, I thought we would do a ranking of top five cheerleaders in movies. Yeah. So they don't have to be from a cheerleading movie. Okay. They can just be cheerleaders in movies. Okay. So let's get into our top five. 
Well, it's not the bottom, it's the Fill up the well, fill up the decks of all time. Top five cheerleaders in movies. My number five was actually Eliza Dukescu. She nice. was my number five. Then I bring it on. As much as I was annoyed that she had to come in and be that character that was like, I don't even want to do this, but you guys don't have gymnastics, so this is all I can do. It was like, bitch, you're Wait. still trying out, but you're going to come in here and be like, whatever, I just want to be on here because I want to do gymnastics. And it's like, that's not how you handle a job interview. Right. My number five was Megan Bloomfield from But I'm a Cheerleader. It's weird. Like, the yeah. timeline is weird. It's kind of a John waters e movie. Um, but Natasha Leone plays this girl who has lesbian feelings and her family sent her to a conversion camp and she's got to fight those. I love it. RuPaul is fantastic. Yeah. That was when RuPaul still was playing a man. Right. In it because he was part of the conversion therapy, which is what I right. thought was even more fantastic. <laughs> I love but that, that movie. character, the Megan but, Bloomfield. But Megan's character, absolutely. I love it because I love the term. But but I'm a cheerleader. Like, no, this is not what I'm supposed to be. And that's what I thought was so great about it because you're learning about yourself as like a sexual person and Mm -hmm. what your preferences are. And there is that stereotype about cheerleaders and she didn't fit into that stereotype. And it was funny. Right. Yeah. It's fantastic. She's a great, great movie cheerleader, a different kind of cheerleader. So that's why she was my number five. What's your number four? So my number four is going to be Buffy. Okay. Christy Swanson. She is on my list. From, yeah, I love that we have similar lists. Uh (laughs) Um, She is one of my favorites because that was also something that I really got into was that relationship with the Mm -hmm. creepy guy that wanted to convert her in the end. Mm -hmm. Like, that was so hot. Mm -hmm. Like, when he tried to pull her into the dungeon down below, but his assistant made it even weirder so she didn't go. Like, huh. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, so Buffy's definitely on my list. Christy Swanson playing Buffy, not Sarah Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy Swanson, we've got the gymnastics. We've got all mm-hmm. of the, like, tricks that she can do. We've got the fact that she's a little dumb, but also yeah. kind of snarky. There's, there's She was supposed to, to be helping out with the prom committee because she yeah. was a cheerleader, and they were all getting mad at her yeah. that she wasn't showing up to the cheer. Yeah. And then they had the other bitch girl. Who mm-hmm. was like trying to take over because she wanted to be Christy Swanson's spot, yes. and Christy She's was like, out there saving the world, the and this girl's like, hero. "Okay, well then, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take your spot in this." Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Buffy should definitely be on this list. She's on my list a little later. Okay. Um, my number four is Tori Spelling in Death of a Cheerleader. Nice. Yes. Um, she is the definition of the bitch. <laughs> it's actually a Lifetime movie. Tori plays Stacy Lockwood, who is killed at the beginning, um, and then we backtrack to meet some potential suspects. You don't like her? No. She sucks. She does uh, suck. Then we see all the mean things she did to some less popular people. Got it. What's your number three? Uh, my number three was actually Cleo, Melissa hey. George and Sugar and Spice. Yes. Her Conan obsession. Yes. That's what I really could gravitate towards, because I was a little bit hesitant, because I can kind of... I loved Kansas because yeah. Kansas was that like my mama likes to smoke Lucas tracks and my grandma mm-hmm. likes to smoke them too <laughs> and we like to finger kiss our hands. She is just so over the top sexual yeah. in every way, shape, and form that she can be. There's always and that so one fun. character that exists in these teen yeah. movies. Is like, that one like? Had she been in Twilight, she'd be a vampire. Yeah, like, she was fantastic. Yes, <laughs> not yeah. that. 
being a vampire in Twilight is fantastic, but you know what I'm going for here. (laughs) My number three is Darcy from Varsity Blues, played by Allie Larder. Yeah. uh, Because she had a lot of different levels to her. Okay. She was just trying to get out of her small town. She latched onto Paul Walker's character, thinking he was going to get her out of the town. Yeah. But then he wasn't, and then he hurt his knee, and she's like... The tears, the like tears she had when he hurt his knee wasn't just a, oh my God, my boyfriend's hurt tears. It was, oh my God, I'm stuck my here. life is over now tears. Allie Larder, it was the energy she put into this character and then she immediately latched on to Knox and she's awesome. So she's my number three. Yeah. So what's your number two? My number two is, her name is Maddie. Mm-hmm. She is played by Casey or Cassie Stastny. It's in All Cheerleaders Die. Okay. So in this movie, she's doing a journalistic piece mm-hmm. about cheerleaders and what happens. And then, unfortunately, they run into a witch. And some things happen. And then an accident happens. Like, I don't want to give away the whole movie. But the reason why I love her specifically is because when all goes wrong in this movie and all of a sudden they're fending for themselves... She is the best character in this movie. So she's a cheerleader. Yes. Okay. Is she head cheerleader or just one of the side cheerleaders? She's one of the cheerleaders. Okay. Yeah, head cheerleader is blonde. Okay. Well, obviously. But yeah, she's fantastic in this movie because after they get swooped away by the goth girl that takes Mm -hmm. them out to the field one day to do like random chants. Okay. Then they drunkenly get into a car with guys that are trying to move too fast. They get into an accident and the guys just leave them there. Mm -hmm. But they don't actually die because they had done chants earlier that night. So they come back to life, but the guys at school don't realize it. They think that these women are dead and that they actually killed them and they're trying to move on with their tasks and whatnot and then here she comes walking in and they're like what the so it's a supernatural horror film nice it is okay it is and her character is perfect because it's kind of like you know you come back from the dead Right. And so, like, all of a sudden she's eating somebody, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Oh, my God, what did I just do? But, like, I feel a lot better. Should I keep doing it? And it's so good because I feel like her character really defines what nice. would happen to all of us in that situation nice. when all of a sudden you find out that you have to eat somebody else to survive. Love it. Love it. You have the pothead characters. You have everybody. <laughs> it's a great movie. You should watch it. My number two is Torrin Shipman from Bring It On. Really? I think that she is the conflicted leader. Now that Big Red is gone, it's me, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to nail it. It's finally my time. But everything falls apart, and she's like, crap, now I have to pick up the pieces. Well, at least I have my boyfriend. Crap, he's cheated on me. Ugh, well, now i got to do this. Crap, she breaks her leg. She, everything comes upon her, yeah. and, like, everything sucks, all of the things that happen. And she's dealing with and all of it. And she's dealing with it, and we've got to give props to... Kirsten Dunst, who started as a child actor and was able to pull this off. She went, she went from interview with a vampire to... Yeah. Uh, so now it's time for our number ones. Well, my number one was Natasha Leone. Nice. Um, you've already spoken of her. She was your number five. Mm-hmm. But to me, she is my favorite. Okay. Because... Number one, that scene in the opening when she's cheering and when she's doing everything else, and then all of a sudden, holy shit, you realize she might be a lesbian, and then they send her off to this conversion camp, mm-hmm. and the whole entire time, like I said, she's like, but I'm a cheerleader, but she keeps using all of these cheerleader references the entire time she's going through this camp to try to 
vamp up these other people there that are also there for the same reasons and Mm -hmm. it sucks like who wants to go to a conversion camp like that sounds awful yeah so I I really enjoyed it with her because she brings what she learned from cheerleading Mm -hmm. into the conversion camp and she uses it to help these people that are going through some pretty awful times because nobody wants to go through that Mm -hmm. and she brings that naivety that also comes with like the stereotype of cheerleading and it's it's just really fun I enjoyed it a lot. She's my favorite. Okay. (laughs) Well, my number one was also kind of low on your list. Okay. And it's Buffy, played by Christy Swanson. Yeah. Um, She is the reluctant hero. She is cool and funny and a little mean. And it spawned an entire series. It did. She is badass. She is a killer. She is an acrobat. I liked the... Damn it, I'm going to fucking kill all these vampires and be ready in time for prom and still look amazing. Yeah. She is the queen. Yeah. So I picked Buffy, played by Christy Swanson, as my number one cheerleader in movies. Fantastic. So this was fun. Wow. That was our filming you in for Sugar and Spice. Filming you in How did, for Sugar and Spice. Did you, did you enjoy your, your, nice. your time with us? Here. It's been interesting. It's yeah. definitely been interesting. We've had a lot of dogs. We've had a lot of airplanes. We had some buzz saws. We have, we have. It's been a lot great. of cheers. A lot of leaders, cheerleaders. We are cheerleaders. Thank you for listening to Filming You In. Uh, you can rate us. Tell us how many pom poms you think this movie should get, or if we missed any cheerleading movies we should talk about. Let us know. Uh, but give us five stars because that's how people find us when that's they true. search for film reviewing podcasts. Have a lovely evening. Be aggressive. Be, be, be aggressive. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. It's floating pictures, it's so great movies. So join us, everybody, for the